Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023, and this is day 1835 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and glorify you. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to encounter you in so many different ways and and areas of our lives that we're least expecting. I thank you, Father, for helping us to see clearly, uh, to see what it is through our spiritual eyes that you have for us and what you have for us to do. I thank you, my Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is strange encounters. (laughs) I don't know about you, but sometimes I wonder, what is this about? God, what am I? Why am I here? What are you? um, What would you have me do while I'm here? Well, let's take a look at what Moses encountered. We're coming out of Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. Exodus 3, verses 1 through 22. And it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, uh, the mountain of God, and also known as Mount Sinai. And keep in mind, y'all, that Moses um, was a prince and he had been in the palace most all of his life since he was a toddler. Um, and, uh, the princess, uh, discovered him at the time that her father, uh, had, um, made the great command that all boys be killed and, uh, thrown into the Nile. And, uh, Moses' mother, Jochebed, uh, took a risk and said, I'm not going to do it. I am not going to kill my baby. And so she kept him until she couldn't keep him in the house any longer And she built a little miniature ship for him and put him out uh, on the Nile. And at that precise time, uh, Pharaoh's daughter was there bathing. And of course, uh, Moses' sister was right there watching her brother in that little boat. And uh, when she saw that, um, and that was Miriam. And when Miriam saw that the princess loved the baby and held him and said, oh, it's one of the Hebrew babies. And uh, so Miriam, so wise as a child, said, would you like for me to take him so one of the Hebrew women could feed him for you until he's big enough to, until he's weaned from the breast and you can take him. And she said, sure, and I will pay them to do it. This is one of those encounters too. Isn't that something? The mother gets paid to to feed and take care of her own child. Uh, she took a risk, but God knew exactly where uh, Moses would be at that time, just as he knows about us. So he was raised in the palace until one day he saw 
um, two Hebrews fighting and uh, uh, no, actually he saw an Egyptian uh, oppressing one of the Hebrews and and he tried to stop it or whatever, ended up killing the Egyptian. And, uh, and then when he saw two Hebrews fighting another day, then one of them said, are you going to kill me just like you did the, the Egyptian? And he ran for his life because they realized that he had done that. And that is when he ended up meeting these women uh, who were feeding their flock and he helped them and uh, they took him home and, and their father was the uh, priest of Midian. He was the uh, high official there and he ended up marrying one of his daughters. So he had been in the desert for like 40 years, I believe, about 40 years and God was preparing him for great things even there he had never tended sheep for flock and he had people that did that for him so now this is what he's doing i'm sorry for the long story but i think it's so important for you to know what's going on okay so now let's get back to the scripture verse two there the angel of the lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush moses saw that though the bush was on fire it did not burn up so Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. That's strange, right? <laughs> you see this bush on fire, but it never burns up. It's, it's just there still fully a bush. <laughs> when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, <clears throat> I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and i am concerned about their suffering and that just blessed my heart because god is concerned about all of us whatever suffering we're encountering right now he's concerned and not only is he concerned he's going to do something about it just as he did for the israelites Verse 8 says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seeing the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you. Oh, now, you know, everything probably sounds just fine till he said, now you go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, remember, he's talking to God through this burning bush. God came in different ways, and uh, it's so. So don't think it's strange. <laughs> and God said, "I will be with you, 
and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? I mean, he's asking legit questions. Uh, you might think, just go, right? But but think about ourselves. When God has given us something to do, you know, sometimes we're apprehensive. We have doubt and insecurities. And this is exactly what Moses is, is illustrating the real deal. <laughs> and God said to Moses, now listen to this. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. God called himself I am, a name describing his eternal power and unchangeable character. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So he's constantly, God is so patient with us. He's continuing to encourage him to go. And he's telling them, he's telling him every step of the way what to say. He says, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt and to the land of the Canaanite, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. So that is going to be a land that is, you know, it says in my commentary that uh, a land of milk with honey uh, milk and honey is a poetic word picture expressing the beauty and productivity of the promised land. Isn't that awesome? So the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. Now, just remember, it was to be a three day journey but the Israelites ended up being in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. But I know that the king of, and this is God still speaking, he says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And of course, it didn't quite happen like that. It took some time, but it did happen like God said, but but it wasn't easy, all right? And, and a lot of times, God's going to give us a vision. God gives me lots of visions. <laughs> I see lots of big pictures and lots of things and how it's to go, but as you go through it, and woo, especially in that middle terrain, oh my goodness, it is a long trek, it seems like, and then to the end. And verse 21, he says, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, 
You will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and, and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. And that is exactly what happened. They said, here, take what you want. Take everything. Just get out of here. Because of that last plague, the oldest of every household was killed by the death angel. Unless the blood of the lamb was over the doorpost and all the Israelites put the blood of the lamb over their doorpost and none of them died. Oh, but the Egyptians. But I encourage you to read on. I won't say any more. Let's go to our points. Point number one. Years ago, while in my early 20s at the first church I had ever been a part of for 27 years, which was Victory Temple, after going through a new members class, I was appointed as Sunday school teacher over kindergarten and first and second graders. <laughs> and uh, I was, you know, they were somewhere around that age. And, and I remember being so excited and, and fulfilled teaching the little ones about God. And throughout my journey, I encountered several strange holy moments. <laughs> One was when I turned just plain old white socks into puppets and used them to tell Bible stories to the kids while in the class. And I mean, and, and I'm talking with this sock, you know, and pretending to be the Bible character. And I mean, these kids, they were just enthralled and engaged in the story that that it just blew my mind to see them just looking. And then they would put their fingers in the puppet's mouth and they could see me talking. <laughs> I mean, as clear as day, but they were so loving that story. And it just blessed my heart. That was God's holy anointing uh, right before my very eyes. As I moved up to teaching teens and then adults over the years, I continued to have these amazing holy encounters with God. Now I still see them even more often daily and weekly. I believe it's because I'm more aware of God's presence now as a more seasoned believer. How about you? Are you noticing these awesome holy moments in the Lord on a daily basis, weekly basis? Or are you just so consumed about everything else going around that you going on that you miss it? I encourage you to stay tuned to notice what God is doing. To to as to encourage you to go throughout your day intentionally expecting these encounters with the Lord, recognizing Him as I am. All right, all knowing, all powerful which describes his eternal power and unchangeable character. In a world where values, morals, and laws change constantly, we can find stability and security in our unchanging God and Father. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In this changing world, we can trust our unchanging Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Trust in God as he as he appears to us in many ways and through people. So listen, the other day, yesterday and the day before, I was working with a group of teachers. 
and uh, teaching them about, you know, peer mediation. And so it was really interesting because I was waiting. I got there early because I wanted to kind of set things up, but I couldn't set it up yet because they weren't ready for me. But while sitting, waiting, uh, you know, for the bell to ring school to be out, there was a teacher who was waiting in the lobby too. And, and she and I just, she just started talking to me and we chatted for a long time. And she was asking me questions about mediation and, you know, and how interesting she is in it, but she wasn't going to be in with the group because she taught a different grade. And so this was for, you know, a group of teachers that taught a certain grade together. And uh, we talked for a long time. And then the person that was um, uh, my contact, she came and said, okay, Jackie, we're ready for you. And then I said to her, I got up and I shook the lady's hand that I've been talking to. I said, and by the way, my name is Jackie, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she said, and my name is Joyce. And that just touched my heart because my sister's name is Joyce. And all along, we've been talking and like we've known each other for years. Well, just before I went back, uh, there was another lady that came out, uh, you know, down the hall. And I looked at her and I'm like, hey, Judy, I said, um, Jackie, she goes, I know who you are. I knew her from years ago, again, early 20s <laughs> or 30s. And when I was in entrepreneur classes and uh, it was called the First Step Fund. And I learned so much in that class. And then I, I ended up being on their board for years. And, and she said, we must catch up. And uh, I gave her a card. She said, I need to talk to you. That was one of those encounters that I had not seen her for years. And she still looked the same, just as beautiful as ever. I mean, we've all aged and it was just amazing to see. So anyway, I get into the session and a gentleman comes in. He's just like got this outstanding character. I mean, you, you just notice him out of all the people in the room, about 20 of them. And they were all, they all had their own um, distinct character traits, which were beautiful. But, but his, he just stood out. He sat right by me. That was the only chair left. <laughs> and uh, he just lit up the room and all the teachers just loved him. And, and as he's talking and, and we go around the room and I have them introduce themselves and he introduced himself and his name was Craig. Now to tell you that about that. My brother's name is Craig. And this is my brother who at the age of 27 transitioned to be with the Lord. He's passed on. Uh, he's with Jesus now. And this person had so many of the same character traits. And it just, and so did the lady have the same character traits of my sister Joyce. I mean, because, you know, Joyce would like to talk and to friends and never met a stranger. And, you know, it just... And I thought, oh, Lord, what is this about? And at the end of all of that, God showed me. He said, this is where you're supposed to be. This is a place that I've, that I've uh, intentionally put you. All right. And that's, that's what I needed you know, to hear. Didn't need any other detail. <laughs> what about you? I mean, do you question like, God, what is this, this encounter I'm, I'm experiencing right now? It's a holy encounter. Look at it like that with God. God has set it all up 
and uh, he's getting your attention for a reason. So pay attention to it. Uh, don't be afraid of it. Uh, I was talking to one of my young spiritual daughters the other day, and she said she used to, she still does see visions that God would show her. And, and uh, you know, I think she's more gifted in the prophetic. And and uh, she said it would scare her at first. And she said, please don't show me these things. <laughs> and now she understands. It's that holy encounter with God and, and God using her uh, to bless his people, just like he did with Moses. God is using you to bless his people. So don't run from it. Embrace those encounters and ask God to show you what it is he would have you to do. What does this mean, Lord? And he will tell you just like he did Moses. Get ready. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friend, is the ultimate you will spend eternity with the Lord. That is where we all want to be. Oh, glory to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness, along with a few other things. We're so excited about what God has given us and about our new location at Destiny Life Center at our church and right across the street from uh, the Chief Stadium. We will have our sessions our Saturday session this Saturday, April 1st. So looking forward to uh, if you ever want to stop by, please do so. And we thank you all so very much for your donations, for your prayers. And listen, come and volunteer anytime. Check me out. Give me a give me a call. Send me an email. Uh, if you go to our website, you can definitely contact me through that website. All right. Thank you all very much. We do appreciate you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.